1 Corinthians chapter 13. We are jumping into a brand new series today. I love series. Dave, do you love series? I love series. We're going into a brand new series. You can write down the series title. By the way, I'm preaching this week. Pastor Julia is preaching next Sunday. Installment number two. So we're calling this new series, All That Remains, out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now I'm going to read the verse and then I'll explain to you what the author was intending to say. 1 Corinthians 13, read here in verse 12. For now, talking about now in the flesh, now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. But then, when we, when we go to heaven, when we die, then we shall see face to face. So right, in other words, right now, it's like I can only see a part of the truth. I, no one has mastered all truth. We only know in part. But when we go to heaven, we'll see Jesus face to face. So he says, we'll see face to face. And now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am already fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I want to preach a message today, write down the title. It's called, you, can't, you can cancel everything but this. You can cancel everything everything but this now again i told you i was going to give you the the author's intent the author of the book of corinthians first corinthians is a guy named paul paul is a church planner he would go into different cities and plant different churches and he is writing to this church in corinth whom he loves the previous chapter chapter 12 he wrote to them about the gifts and they at this time we were so excited about how gifted they were you ever know somebody that just loves who they are? They love some themselves. You know what I mean? They love some me. And they're just like all into their following and all into their wardrobe and all into the... And, and, and so they were feeling themselves, the Corinthians. And he's like, no, 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 no. Don't get into the hype of your gifts. Your gifts will fade. In fact, earlier in chapter 13, he's talking about your gift uh, of prophecy or your gift of all these will, your gifts will not, you listen, you can't take money to heaven. You can't take followers to heaven. You can't take your gifting to heaven. He said the only three things that will remain forever, only three things you'll have even in heaven, you will have faith, you will have hope, and you will have love. And just a heads up, faith and hope, they I, but the greatest of these is love. Why is the Bible so big on love? Because God is love. God never does love. He is love. So he's saying, I want you to understand, don't get all excited because you got gifts. Gifts are from God. Big whoop. There's gifted people all over the place. There's gifted people in LA and there's gifted people wherever you're streaming from. Gifts are from God and God does not make broken, ordinary people. He makes extraordinary people to do extraordinary things. So gifts are from God. If you're gifted, yeah, you're made from God. So he's saying, listen, gifts will pass, but the things that cannot be canceled, what you cannot cancel, you can cancel everything but this. You can't cancel faith, you cannot cancel hope, and you cannot cancel love. Isn't it amazing how much is canceled right now? People, I just saw, they canceled Coachella. I'm kind of glad. Because every time Coachella happens, nobody comes to church. Coachella was supposed to be on Easter Sunday. I'm glad they canceled it. We had a good Easter in Zoe Church this year. 
They canceled graduations. They canceled March Madness. They canceled the Masters. They're about to cancel school coming up. They sent us an email. They're like, yeah, you're probably going to have to keep homeschooling. I'm like, the devil is a liar. Y'all are going to take my kids. I can't live like this no more. I'm sick of the suffering. They're canceling. So listen, you can cancel this, that, and the other. You can cancel concerts. You can cancel sports. You can cancel schools. You can cancel restaurants. But you cannot cancel faith, hope, and love. Come on. Thank God today. Faith ain't canceled. Hope is alive. And the love of God is a reality and a force in your life. Oh, I just love that. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you're good and kind and loving and gracious. We receive all of your promises. We ask at Zoe that we will be people that don't build our life off gifts or things that will perish. But God, help us to be faith, hope, and love people in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, Amen. It's amazing. I want you just to take that thought of faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. And the embodiment of that really is the life of Jesus. Now, one of my favorite stories about Jesus, if you never heard the story, it's amazing. It's found in John chapter 4. In John chapter 4, Jesus, it says he had to go through Samaria. Now, this is a fascinating thought because Jesus, as a Jewish man, going through Samaria sounds absurd. Like, why would he ever go through Samaria? But it said he had to go through Samaria. He had to bring some racial reconciliation he had to prove to a people group that they were included in the gospel so he had to go through Samaria I want to talk to somebody listen I, I know it's hard I know it's unlikely but you got to go through your Samaria you got to go through the situation us as a nation we got to go through this season we can't go around it we can't go above it or beneath it we got to go through this civil unrest because it's not fair it's not right and black lives matter and so God is bringing us through this time to prove that everyone all it's not just just that it's it's for some people it's for all people and especially for Samaria in this story just love that what, what, what Jesus is doing he's proving something to his crew and so when he gets to Samaria he goes to a well and there's a woman there now for him to interact with this woman he's smart so he sends his group away he sends his crew away Listen, there's some things that you're going to have to do in life that your crowd and your crew can't be there for. There are some things in your world that if all your buddies and all your friends and all your family are there, you cannot accomplish because they're not going to get it. They're not going to understand. So just a heads up, sometimes you got to bring some separation so you can get some preparation for what God wants to do in you and through you. He's like, these people will not understand if I talk to a Samaritan woman, so we're going to have to kick them out. Come on, I wonder if there's some people right now, it's okay that you socially distance them far away from your life while you get some things right in your life. So he brings some separation here. And he's like, listen, they're going to have too much opinions. They're going to have too many little side texts. They're going to have too many rolling of the eyes. I can, no, they won't understand. So he sends them away, and he talks to the woman at the well. He baits her first into conversation. Now, I just want to just, just highlight this for a moment. Because, listen, in our culture right now, we are going belief first, conversation second. Why can't we just have a conversation before we tell somebody what we believe? Why can't we bring friendship before we bring the truth? Listen, I just love this about Paul. Paul's like, I become all things to all people so I can win some. 
He starts conversation before anything. Maybe we need to be a church that is willing to have a conversation. Maybe we can have conversation with people that don't look like us, act like us, dress like us. He has a conversation with a Samaritan woman. His buddies would not have understood, but he knew that this had to be accomplished. So he starts and he says, hey, you think I can get a, uh, can I get a drink? Can I get a drink from the well? That was her job. She was serving drinks at the well. She's like, she's like a bartender at a well. She's the waitress at the well. He's like, hey, can I get a drink? And she's like, do you have Apple Pay? And he's like, yes, absolutely. She's like, if you're going to get a drink, you need to wear a mask. He's like, of course, I'm perfect. I always wear my mask. Hashtag mask jokes. So he's like, hey, can I get a drink? She's like, yeah. Um, you, you realize who you're talking to, right? Uh, hello, I'm Samaritan. You're, you're not even supposed to conversate with me, bro. What? I'm a Republican. You're a Democrat. Why are you talking to me? We, uh, you're privileged. I'm not. Why are you, why are you talking? We're not from the same neighborhood. Why are you conversating with me? He baits her into a conversation. In the conversation, he reveals that he knows everything about her, and yet he doesn't shame her. He does this by saying, you know, he's kind of revealing some truths, and he says to her, hey, why don't you, um, why don't you go get your husband? And she's like, oh, <laughs> I, I, I don't have a husband right now. And he's like, you know what, you're right. You've had five husbands, and the one that you're with right now is your sixth man. You're not even married to him. It's interesting because he has also made reference to the sixth man in her life. Six is the biblical number for man, and yet here Jesus is the seventh man. The biblical number for seven is completion or perfection, and perfection is about to bring completion into her life. It's like, you're right. You're with six, but here comes seven. And he brings this. I love this because you can be spiritual and you don't have to be weird. He gives her a word of knowledge and he doesn't go, it is I, Jesus, giving you a word of knowledge. No, he reads her mail and changes her life. She's like, oh, am, whoa, you are definitely a prophet. And she starts referring to the Messiah that's coming and he's like, I who talking to who is talking to you am he i am jesus i just want to tell you the gospel is so good that it will go through samaria kick out some people that don't get it and come sit with you in your situation to say i know everything about you and yet i still love you somebody praise god right now because he's making his way and fighting his way to get you alone to say i know where you're going through i know where you're at i know what's going on but i'm obsessed with you somebody thank god you can't cancel the love of Jesus. This lady's so like just dumbstruck. This lady's like, oh, the, you what? I, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm not. How did this? And she's so changed. She goes back to her village. She tells everybody about a man that changed her life. By the way, when Jesus gets into your world, he doesn't change part of you. He changes all of you. He loves you so much that it's like I've never been the same. From that day at the well, I was never the same. Something happened in me. Rivers of living water started to flow from me. I got my joy back, my swag back, my confidence back, my identity back, my peace back. Come on, somebody thank him right now that you are getting restored what the devil stole away. 
And she probably transferred. She probably moved away from going, there's nothing left in me. I've been used and abused through marriage after guy. I don't have anything in my mind left, my soul left, my virtue left. There's nothing that remains. When she went back to her village, she said, all that remains in me is I've got faith, I've got hope, and I've got love. Oh, I love this about the reality of the gospel. I'm going to give you three things to write down today. Write down number one. I have faith in a big God. Oh, I bet you she went back to her town. And and listen, when she left to go to the well that morning, she was broken. She was bruised. She was tattered. She was depressed. But when she went back to her town, she's like, I found faith. I got faith. What is faith? Faith is trust belief and confidence she went she was like listen i'm a believer right now i've got confidence right now i trust god right now come on i wonder in the midst of a pandemic if you can increase in your faith if you can get your faith a little bit harder and a little bit stronger you don't need just mountain-sized faith you just need mustard seed faith the bible says if you got mustard seed faith you can speak to a mountain and it will be moved i want to remind you stop telling god how big your mountain is start tell your mountains how big your God is somebody thank him if you've got a big God if your God can split seas if your God can shut the mouth of lions if your God can slay a Goliath if your God can break a weapon formed against you if your God can feed 5,000 if your God heals blind people and mute people and deaf people and dead people give them a praise if you've got a big old God I want to just preach to somebody if you got a big God you got little problems if you got little pro- if you got little God you got big problems I got 99 problems, but a God ain't one. Oh, I felt that one. I never said that one, but it just came to me, and I was like, I'm just going to flow with it. Just see how we feeling on Sunday in church. It's hot up in the ministry center, just saying stuff. I got faith. Faith Faith is a gift from God. How, how, how do you have more faith? You just look to Jesus. And the more I look to Jesus, I have confidence in Jesus and trust in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. The woman from the well goes back to her town. She doesn't know the law and she doesn't know the scriptures and she's not yet perfect and no, she doesn't tithe. But she's got faith. And all that will remain is faith. I, I, I know that 2020 is not the year you envision. I know there's been some, some changing of plans. I know that 2020 has not been kind to a lot of people. But I want to remind you that there are levels of faith. There's crazy faith. You know, like I'm going to believe for a building and I'm going to believe for a revival. And I'm, we, we, the doctor said we couldn't get pregnant, but I'm going to get. There's crazy faith, and I love crazy faith. And, and, and re, remember, there's desperate faith. Desperate, like, you know, that dad that brought, came to Jesus is like, my daughter's sick. Or the woman who grabbed his, the, 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 the garment and just to get healed. There's desperate faith. But I want to tell you in 2020, you're in tested faith. That's when your faith is being tested. Is it real? Can it withstand a pandemic? Can it stand racial divide? Is your faith going to get stronger? Because listen, it's easy to praise God on the mountaintop. It's easy to praise God when you got a promotion. It's easy to praise God when the doctor report is good. But when you go through sickness and sorrow and trial and tribulation and you go through hardship and hell, it's not that easy no more. I want to preach to somebody. God is testing your faith. 
Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. May, may the thought of this cause you to jump for joy, even though lately you've had to put up with the, gr the grief of many trials, but these only reveal the sterling core of your faith, which is far more valuable than gold that perishes. For even gold is refined by fire. Your authentic faith. Oh, come on. Your authentic faith. I, 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 know, I know it's hard right now. I know it's difficult. But I'm telling you, you're going to come out with some authentic faith. Like this faith is real. This faith has gone through something. This faith has been tested in fire. Somebody thank him right now. Because you're going to come through on the other side and go on. I, I got a real faith. We don't know if it's real until it's tested. The sign that it's real is that it's tested and it's proven gold. Oh, I love this. He continues. Let me just tell you, your authentic faith will result in even more praise and glory and honor when Jesus, the anointed one, is revealed. Verse 8, you love him passionately, although you did not see him, but through believing in him, you are saturated with an ecstatic joy, indescribably sublime and immersed in glory. An ecstatic joy, saying, I've got faith. I've got trial. I've got tribulation. I've got sickness, but I've got faith. I will not go by what I see. I will not go by what I I feel I will not go by what I hear the just shall live by faith so I'm gonna keep on praising and keep on showing up and keep on serving somebody at Zoe give God some praise if you've got some tested faith today I wish it wasn't this way. I wish I, 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 I wish I wish we could just, you know, live kumbaya and just make, make everything just fine and dandy and easy. But life, listen, listen, it'll get that way when we go to heaven. That It'll get that way. It'll be easy when we go to heaven. But here on this earth, we're going to have to face some things that will test your faith. You know, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you don't know this story, quick summary. This is an amazing story in the Old Testament of these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego lived in a time where the king put out a decree that said everyone has to serve these false gods. Everyone has to bow their knee. And when they blew the trumpet to bow the knee, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said we will not bow our knee to a false god. We will not give in with the tide of culture. We will stand in faith and believe God even when it's difficult. Even even when it's hard, we're going to choose our faith. So the king finds out that they didn't bow down. So the king brings them and says, we're going to throw them into the fiery furnace. Now, I just got to be honest with you. I've got three boys. They are two, four, six, and they are addicted this summer to s'mores. I forgot how good s'mores were. But my boys, they wanted to say, Dad, can we do s'mores tonight? Dad, can we do Let's do s'mores tonight. We don't even have a fire pit. They're just like, Dad, let's do s'mores tonight. When we, get the, when we get the s'mores going, the, I, I go into hypersensitive, extra protective dad mode. Hey, boys. Boys. Get away from the fire. It's hot. It's hot. Don't, don't you. Boys. And they're all like trying to sneak around me and trying to like. I'm like, these kids are weird, man. Kids these days, they're weird. When I grew up, we didn't want to play with fire. These guys, they want to play with fire. Could you imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are getting thrown into a fiery furnace? Watch the reply. When the king, Nebuchadnezzar, is getting ready to throw them into a fiery furnace for standing for their faith. He says this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if, even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of God of, of gold you have set up. Even if 
You know what we need in culture? You know what we need in our community? You know what we need at Zoe? We need some even if believers. Even if I don't get the check. Even if we don't get healed from COVID. Even if my parents don't not get divorced. Even if. It doesn't matter. I'm still going to worship. I'm still going to serve. I'm still going to choose God. It can happen all over the country, COVID. It can happen all over the country, a civil unrest. But even if, I will worship. I will praise. I will serve. You're going to find me in the house of God. You're going to find me on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, worshiping and serving. Give him a shout of praise today if you got an even if faith. Even if, even if, even if it doesn't work out, even if it goes wrong, even if it is bad, even if, even if we don't, even if I have to homeschool another year. Oh, geez. I don't want to apply that one. Even if. Because he's tasked, listen, listen, you have all your gifts, you can have all your money, you can have all your stuff, but the only thing that remains will be faith and hope, hope. Write down number two today, I have hope in better days ahead. I got hope in better day. I got faith in a big God, but I got hope. Remember, hope is confident expectation of things to come. So it's not just that I got belief. I got this belief that, you know, like I expect the crazy stuff to happen. I got hope. Remember, faith is the builder, but hope is the architect. Oh, I love this. I love this. Because faith will build your house, but the architect will dream the house. You, you know, faith is what gets the, you know, b- b- one hammer and one nail at a time, one board and one slab of, of cement at a time. But hope is the one that drew up the plans. Hope is the one that said, I'm going to have a family. I'm going to break my generational curse. I'm going to start my business. I'm going to get married this year. I'm going to do something great for God. Any hopeful people out there, I know the world's like, don't get your hopes up. But God's saying, put your hope in me. Where is your hope placed? My hope is not placed in man. My hope is not in a politician. My hope is not in a president. My hope is in the name of the Lord. My hope is in the name above all names. He is my source. He is my provider. He is my forgiver. He is all that I need. And so I have hope in better days. I got hope in better days. I hope that you've got hopeful expectations for your future. you got expectation of going, I know he's good. I know he's going to show up. I know it looks dead. I know it looks bleak. I know it looks dark. I know it does not look right right now, but I still have hope. I have hope against hope. There's some people in 2020, you're going to need to stay hopeful when you don't feel like it. All that remains is faith and hope and love. In fact, worship team, you can play right down the third one. I love this one. I have a love for Jesus and my neighbors. I got faith, I got hope, and I have a love for Jesus and my neighbors. Well, how come my neighbors? Um, Because like Samaria, you know? Yeah, there's that. How come my neighbors? Well, you know, there's like at the well broken desperate from one drug to another one relationship to another one bottle to the next bottle one tender to the next tender and they're sitting there when I love Paul because he's like, hey, Corinth, I love you. You guys are awesome, clearly gifted, 
Only thing is, you can't take your gifts to heaven. <laughs> and um, hey, all that stuff's not going to last forever. You know, you're not going to be relevant forever. You know that, right? All that will remain is faith, hope. Oh, and in love, but remember the greatest of these is love. I don't know if you've ever been around arrogant Christianity before. It makes me kind of laugh. Because arrogant Christianity is like, you need what I got. Arrogant Christianity is like, I know, sit down, I'll tell you exactly what you need to hear. Arrogant Christianity is like, you know what, I've got it all figured out, just sit down and I'll tell you. The only problem with opinions is they don't change nobody. Love changes people. So he says, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. That's why Martin Luther King Jr. said, listen, I have gone and chosen love because hate is too big of a burden to bear. Because it's not just faith that will change people and hope that will change people. It's loving people enough to go through Samaria, get some people out of the way so you can sit with somebody at a well and say the gospel's for you. I know they don't get it yet, but I want to tell you, it's for you. I love you. I'm for you. I'm with you. I died on a cross for your sins, and I'm never going to leave you, forsake you, because I'm a God of good news. I'm a God of second chances. Somebody thank him today if you believe that he cannot get canceled. The love of God cannot be canceled in 2020 the greatest of these is love it's amazing my boys my six-year-old the most to be honest he's always coming to me and he's like you know we got two four six and he's like dad be honest which one of us do you love the most and I'm like you sucker I am not what I love all of you equally he's like come on man just be honest you love me the most I'm like no I do not you force me to play with you the most but I don't love you the most little manipulator Paul's like very clear these are the only three that will remain <laughs> but it's really not close the greatest of these is love there are four types of, of love in the Bible there are four types of love that are very clearly described there's phileo love that's like brotherly love like I love you you're like family to me there's eros which is romantic love like we're in love the way Julia loves me come on you guys get it got four kids clearly obvious the storge love that's like affection I got love I got I love you I'm affectionate for you and then the greatest love is agape love is unconditional love he has to go through Samaria and he's like oh guys man I'm really hungry I heard Subway's got five dollar foot long still you guys run and go get some he sits with her and he's like how do I tell her I know everything about her how do I um, hey, you think I could get a drink? He doesn't want a drink. <laughs> Living water is sitting on a well asking for a drink. He needs nothing from her. She has nothing to offer him. He doesn't need water. He is living water. Can I have a drink? It has nothing to do with water. It has everything to do with her salvation. Love has driven him to this moment. 
he has to go through Samaria and he has to come and kick away these guys because he's got to sit at a well to say I, I, I've done all this for you I've done all this so I can sit with you I have made my way through Samaria because you've been on my mind and you've been on my radar and you've been on my heart and now I'm sitting with you just to ask you the question do you want everlasting life do you want living water because if you drink the water that I serve you there will be water that rises from the inside of you and you will never thirst again you won't go from guy to guy and club to club and drug to drug you won't go from social media post to social media post you will never thirst again you can cancel all that you want but you cannot cancel the love that surpasses knowledge and understanding it is the love of Jesus Christ it is the love that drove him to a cross it is the love that drove him to a well it is the love that drove him to your home right now via YouTube or Facebook to say I'm obsessed with you Of these three, three things that remain, the greatest of these is love. Agape love. Unconditional love. The love of Jesus Christ. The love that can make you as white as snow today. I'm going to end with this. You can stand to your feet here in the ministry center. Maybe in your house. I just want you to listen to this amazing quote. They're going to put on the screen C.S. Lewis. We're going to sing this song. Can we sing the God who fights for me? We're going to sing this together. I want you just to get ready. Make some elbow room right now. Just make some space. Make a holy space for yourself. Just, I feel like God's going to give somebody a greater faith today. I know it's being tested, but it's going to come through authentic. I know you've not hoped for a, anything in a long time, but I believe you're going to get an infusion of hope. You're going to be like, I, I'm hopeful for this. I'm hopeful for that. You, you won't be hopeful for one thing. You're going to be hopeful for 10 things in Jesus' name. And I'm praying to love. I'm praying a love transfer, a love infusion. You're going to love your neighbor as yourself, but you're going to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Listen to this. Just, 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 just real fast. There is no safe investment. To love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even an animal. I love that because when I, when I read not even an animal, I was like, oh, L.A.'s not going to like that one. Yeah, your poodle, not even your little poodle. Not even an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or the coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, and irredeemable. The alternative to tragedy, or at least to the risk of tragedy, is damnation. The only place outside heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all the dangers and perturbations of love is hell. <laughs> I love that. Because you can't live without love. And so God, He said all of the stuff from the Old Testament, all of the laws, summarized in me in two love God with everything you have 
and love your neighbor at a well just as yourself I'm about to pray for somebody that you would love God more ferociously more intimately and more passionately than you've ever loved Jesus and I'm going to pray that as you receive God's love and as you love God and God loves you, that he will literally bend your heart out to love your neighbor as yourself, that you just find yourself. Help, I work with people. No, no, no. Help, I love people. Help, I'm obsessed with people. I can't help myself. I want to help them. I want to love them. I want to give to them. Come on, Zoe, let's pray right now. Jesus, we thank you that you're a good God. We thank you. That